of America, Washington, D.C., signing on. Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org, hosted by me, MC Scout, Commandante of that Mossy Militia, and coming at all of you out there with a very frequent guest, a close friend of mine, a household name, especially in the prepper community, the owner and CEO of Ready Made Resources, Mr. Bob Griswold. What's up, brother? Hey, well, there's a lot up in the air right now. There's a lot of there's a lot of balls being juggled uh, in the global ah. environment, and you know, I'm, I I I just sit here and, and I'm gonna backdrop this. I was seven years old in 1962. Okay, I remember my family, my mom hugging my dad. Uh, I, I remember just all of us huddled hugging each other. You know, we were little little tykes at that time, little toeheads, and I, I remember my mom crying. Uh, we were crying because my dad was going down. He was a skipper of a destroyer. He was going down. I think it was USS Sandoval um, going down to um, to Cuba for the missile crisis. And we didn't know what was happening. We knew we we knew there was something about nuclear bombs. And, you know, at seven years old, you know, you didn't, you didn't know the whole picture. But the, the sobriety at which people took that at, in 1962, I mean, both sides were white knuckle scared that something was going to happen <clears throat> that somebody was going to make a miscalculation and that you know nuclear missiles would be launched and i remember um even the, the, the those submarines down there that had nuclear uh, torpedoes on them they, they came a hair's breadth from launching one of those uh and and starting a nuclear war and how we in america had such a sobri sober and uh, a sobriety about us that we were just petrified of this happening and the same thing in Russia, they were petrified of it happening. Remember, they had lost 20 million people just a few short years before in World War II, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, you know, the, the sobriety by which people approach this and the understanding of what global nuclear war would do or even a limited nuclear war would do, we leave the 21st century and go back to the 18th century. 
It's it, it's that grave of issue. But today, Matt, I, I just look at people and I'm thinking they talk about nuclear war like it's like like it's anything else. We have lost the understanding of what consequence is. We think we can continue to do what we're doing without consequence. And it, it, it absolutely just it's frightening to watch these people who literally I mean, I just think of the three in charge. You know, we have the guy who. I heard the other day say that you need to buy an electric car because it can go across the country in a full tank of gas. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> I mean, he literally said that. <laughs> I mean, and then Kamala Harris, who thinks North Korea is our ally, you know, very good ally. And then Nancy Pelosi. I mean, my gosh, you know, is she coherent at all? And not not only on our side, but on both sides all around the world. I have to realize that the most sick, demented, depraved people are in charge. I mean, these are the people who are, are controlling it all. And I'm, I'm thinking we are we are talking about nuclear war like it's something we're going to do today. And then tomorrow we're going to go down and have hamburgers at McDonald's. And the people that are in charge don't seem to be taking this seriously, you know, because everything we do, we are escalating it. When I when I have studied the Cuban Missile Crisis, I know you know, General LeMay kept pushing Kennedy. He was like someone in the administration today, wanted war, wanted war, wanted war. Um, and he tried to push Kennedy into a global nuclear war. You know, we wanted to confront those red bastards. That's what he called them, you know, and, and end it then. Uh, Kennedy knew what brinksmanship was and how things escalate. And he, he was looking for a way to give the Russians a way out to de-escalate the situation so that we would not end up in nuclear war. And thank God he prevailed and, you know, the world went back to normal for a while. And, you know, we didn't have that nuclear apocalypse back in 1962. But I think right now we're in even maybe a more grave situation concerning the release of nuclear weapons in global war than we were in 1962. Because keep in mind, now China is a nuclear power with intercontinental you know, ballistic missiles. You know, we we have I've read stories of how China has taken cargo containers and put ballistic missiles in them and shipped them all over the world, including the United States. Uh, we don't know what they have in Cuba anymore. Uh, the Monroe Doctrine is obviously not enforced anymore. And that was where, you know, you couldn't have outside interference in our hemisphere. So that's obviously not we don't if Cuba has mi missiles in it, we don't know what's down in Venezuela. And so this this world has become a powder keg literally not with just nuclear missiles in Russia or C Cuba versus the United States. The whole world has had these types of massive weapons deployed and not only just those types of weapons, but, you know, biological and chemical weapons as well. So I, I just, man, if I were to give this a DEFCON myself, I would say we're, you know, DEFCON 2, not DEFCON 4, which they say we're at. Um, I just think the situation is an extremely grave. And I, I know as we dissect this this evening, we unpack it, uh, I, I think people are going to see it and realize the need to, uh, first of all, just, you know, I remember, I remember how I've changed the anti-war protest of the Vietnam, you know, and I didn't understand it then, but we need to really have our voices heard. We do not want this war that they're pushing on us because this is the end of 21st civilization, 21st century civilization. This could be the end of all, it could put us back two or 300 years. All Once electricity goes out, communication goes down, modern medicine goes down, transportation goes down, everything goes down. 
And, you know, it, it didn't even have to be a nuclear weapon. It could be a, a cyber attack or even a, uh, an EMP type device that shuts everything down. And so, Matt, I, I'll tell you, gosh, I, I just look at these guys and I say, don't do this thing. Don't do it. Uh, but well, but I, I don't think they're I don't looking at the, the I don't think the collective sanity of either of these people could could. Uh, there's I, there's a hubris that's there. And, and you know, I think um, they, there's a couple of culprits that are responsible for this hubris. The first thing is, is that the same Politburo that's running things in D.C., um, you know, the, the very same ones that you pointed out, with the exception of Kamala Harris, but they, they were all in D.C. at the close of the Cold War. And so the, the end of the Cold War was this, you know, it, I was a very small child, but that was a very high point. Uh, the, you know, the, the conclusion of the Cold War really culminated in Desert Storm. And that was a, a monumental success by everybody's estimation, um, really, uh, you know, kind of put the, the uh, nail in a lot of ideological uh, coffins. But the pitfall that we ran into in D.C., and, and this was kind of the uniparty aspect of it, because, you know, you, we have this false paradigm of left and right in the United States. And, and, you know, there's, uh, both the, the hard left and the hard right make, make very clear cut and, and, uh, well-presented cases for that. Um, but you know, it, it, the thing is, is that they have this hubris in them that, you know, we won the cold war and they think that the era, the, the height of the cold war, the 1980s is the same time frame that we are stuck in now. And that's absolutely not the case. You know, the the Soviets, the, the, the Soviets of the 1980s are not the Russians of today. The Russians of today were not the Soviets of the 1980s. And a lot of people are stuck in that mentality of this thinking further, further is, is that China, as it was growing as a world power at the time in the late 1980s and into the 1990s was very friendly to the United States and, spe and uh, very specifically the Politburo in DC. And, you know, we had NAFTA and, and um, you know, it, it, it there, there was uh, a lot that was put into China to make China what it is. And now we have a China that has been emboldened by that with their own hubris, and they're looking to be the world power and replace the United States with their, their final Maoist goal. And, and you know, the, the underlying goal of Maoism is to get rid of capitalism. Capitalism is, you know, not an end state. Communism is an end state. Uh, so now they find themselves aligned with the Russians out of convenience. Uh, they both know, both those nations know that they're going to end up going to war. And now, now you have India pushing together with China as well. And so you have this joint hegemon, which, which is growing. And, and, you know, just a year ago, you had India and China literally coming to blows, literally on the line of actual control. Uh, which, which is a disputed border between China and India. So DC has this hubris that 
they won the Cold War, and we're going to win this again. And because no nuclear exchange ever occurred, that, that no nuclear exchange is going to occur this time, and they can talk tough, and they can continue to bully their way around the world, and they can continue to levy sanctions. But the problem is, the problem is twofold. The first problem is, is that we've been completely outmaneuvered politically in every country south of the Rio Grande. Absolutely. We've been we we have completely lost any sort of influence down there because of that hubris. You know, you mentioned Venezuela. Venezuela is critically important. I've been talking about this for years. You and I have had a number of conversations about it, about how you know Venezuela as an enemy nation, as an enemy nation, was going to work directly to destabilize the situation on the border. What did they do? They did that. Right. They they've currently done that. I mean, our own State Department, our own Department of Homeland Security, both of them in their intelligence briefings to Congress have confirmed that they emptied their prisons. This is gray zone warfare. All right. Nicaragua did this as well. Daniel Ortega was the leader of the Sandinistas. All right. He's a communist. He is he is in league with the Chinese. He is received and is very familiar with support from the Russians. And you have the Cubans that are doing the same. Right. What? So we have this pan pan Latin American uh, the, the government's this pan-Latin American alliance, which has formed, that is completely backed by the Chinese and the Russians. And so it's created a situation for us where we're in, we, we don't realize the precariousness of the situation. Now, I want to revisit something that you talked about. You mentioned uh, missiles and shipping containers, which is, is very interesting. And Iskander M, which is the next generation Russian ballistic missile, right? Remember, the Intermediate Nuclear Forces Treaty is gone. That's no more, right? That went away. We were going to renegotiate that to include China. That's the reason it was allowed to expire, but that never happened, right? And this administration, I guess, isn't too concerned about that. So you've got Iskanders, right? And Iskanders can very conveniently be fitted into a number of different containers. The dimensions are, are uh, pretty flexible in terms of, of what it can fit in, right? Because this is not a very large missile. But, but we know, and I've written about this on American Partisan, I've reported this on American Partisan as far back as 2018. We know that they have nuclear capable weapons that have, now I did not say nuclear weapons, but I said nuclear capable weapons platforms that Russia deployed to Venezuela and never took back. Okay, we, we know that for a fact. We know that Venezuela has a very close relationship with Cuba. So it is not a stretch to suggest that they have weapons of this type, that they have Iskanders specifically, which can easily hit anything on our southern coastline and anything probably up to D.C., maybe maybe north of that. I'm not the expert on ballistic missiles, but I do know enough about them to know that that. We're in a lot of trouble. We're we're in more trouble, and this is a more likely scenario now in 2022 than it was in 1962. Unfortunately, you know, you and I talked about a a modern Archduke Ferdinand moment, and how that's uh, uh this this Nord Stream two 
pipeline and well, Nord Stream 1 and 2 getting attacked. It doesn't really matter. Everybody's fond over who may have done it, who might have done it, statements, you know, putting blame, whatever. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is how it's received by the world. And right now, you have got a nuclear armed power who is saying you blew up our pipeline. Whether you did it or not is irrelevant, but you blew it up. And this we're going to do something in response. You know, so this is a modern Archduke Ferdinand moment, right? So, you know, uh, Matt, why don't you explain who, Archduke, who might not know Archduke Ferdinand? I mean, it, 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 he, it, that was assassination of him and his uh, Duchess, I think, wife, 1914 uh, by uh, some I think it was a Yugoslavian journalist. Uh, if I'm remembering my history correct. 1914 assassinated him. Um, and it, it, because he was the heir of the, uh, uh, I think, uh, Austrian Empire and, and the Serbians then declared war on him, yada, yada, yada. And the next thing you know, it turned into a global conflict with 20 million people dead. And really, it, it was actually 70 million people dead because World War II was just an extension of World War One because World War One never got satisfied correctly. It never ended correctly. And it was just a, a short time. Where everybody could reload that 40 years in between and then started all over again. But so in, in effect, 70 million people died because of it, um, of just an incident that nobody would have thought would have caused that. Nobody would have thought, OK, this guy got popped. And, and you know, it's it's a serious thing. I mean, he's royalty. I, I understand it. It's got serious. OK, so I don't mean to offend anybody by, by minimalizing it. But it, it, I, I minimalize it in the in the eyes of four, 70 million people. Uh, and, and so when do we reach this Arch, Archduke Ferdinand moment? where we, we lose control of the situation. Uh, you know, I, I hear these people think right. they have control of it. I, I, what I'm, I remember, Matt, my, my biblical history, Babylon, at the height of Babylon, you know, the king of Babylon had, brings out, they're having this drunken orgy party, okay, kind of like what they have in Washington, D.C., and, right. you know, they bring out the vessels from the temple of God, and they start partying with them, and all of a sudden, this hand comes and writes, meeny, meeny, tekel, uparsen. You know, your kingdom's weight in the balances and found lacking. And that night it was over with. And one night, the great empire Babylon fell. So don't think it can't happen. And, 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 and for anybody who wants to poo-poo biblical history, this is recorded in secular and, 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 and in biblical history. So it's, not, it's nothing that is just biblical in, in its nature. Babylon fell to the Medes and Persians overnight i mean it was an empire change let's let's say that again it was an empire change overnight and and you know so with that sobriety i i i'm looking what's going on right now thinking that that pipeline and and i i do have to wonder why it was blown up right as there was a major news event coming that was going to be the news cycle for two or three weeks you know the the, the hurricane ian I'm 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 just saying it's coincidental, okay? That right. you know it happens right as we know we're going to have a major news cycle article come up. Hurricane Ian hit the coast. That's all we hear, and I understand it because that's a catastrophe. Like we've you know that's been unparalleled almost in the United States. It's it's a massive massive hurricane, massive damage that's been done. I, I just see that and I grieve for those people. But it, it happens just as that goes on, and I just think they never let a good crisis go to waste. Forgive me. Well, they forgive absolutely me. don't. They, forgive they, me. They, yeah. They, forgive they, me. They, and then yeah. and the other thing is, 
you know, China has these deep, deep economic problems. Russia has deep economic problems. And we definitely have deep economic problems. We have internal problems. China is having unrest inside. You know, uh, Russia is experiencing their unrest. And what do all empires do when they have unrest? They burn Rome. I mean, ding, ding, ding. They burn Rome. And then they find a bully to blame. I mean, a boogeyman to blame it on. I mean, right. can, can we can we learn some lessons of history here? And, and the other lesson of history is, you know, I, I just know that I, I, I'm not a Harvard graduate, you know, graduate, Princeton graduate. I, I'm pretty glad I'm not. But I have read a lot of history. I, 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 it's just a passion of mine. I love reading it. Um, it's, it's a window into the past. And, you know, if we understand the past, we understand human nature and can maybe prevent things from happening over again. I, I really enjoy it. But, you know, in, in, the, in the 30s, late 30s, when Hitler was expanding his empire, you know, Sudetenland, Rhineland goes into Poland, all this, he signs an agreement with the Russians to say, we're not going to invade. He, and I remember reading it. I forgot which book. It was in, and as soon as the Russians left Berlin, he tore the agreement up. Like, we don't even, those stupid Russians, I can't believe they signed this thing. We don't have any intention of keeping it. Um, and, and, and so not that I'm a... Putin sympathizer, but, you know, Sang Su, know your enemy. I want to get into the mind of my enemy, Putin, and I want to understand how he's looking at this, okay? Right. So he is seeing the exact same circumstances that are that are developing right now that developed in, in the late 30s, early 40s. You know, Finland, Ukraine, all these nations on his Western front are being mobilized Weapons are the most sophisticated weapons. What are they just sold 30 uh, uh, F-35s to uh, uh, Switzerland, I think. So Finland's holding these air drills, miss, uh, you know, uh, wartime drills right on their border. He has to look at this and say, this is a repeat of World War II, how it, how it started. Do we learn the lessons of history from this or not? And I know these Harvard, Yale, and Princeton graduates, they've got to be smart enough to figure this out. So it must be intentional they're doing it. I mean, I, if I can figure this out, they have to know it. And, and you keep in mind, those are the guys running all the, uh, you know, the think tanks and the and the and the agencies and all that. They have all these guys there, the brightest minds from the best colleges. You know, um, I, 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 gosh, Matt. Well, they they know. that returns us to that that element of hubris there because that's what they've been brought up on, and they a lot of the a lot of the the uh, shadow hand at work here. The, the, uh, the CEOs of, of the military industrial complex companies, uh, the, the division managers, the project managers, the project leads, so on and so forth. Um, you know, the corporate bean counters, they all realize something in the going on, uh, 32 years. Well, yeah, 30, 31 years. Since the close of, of the Cold War, since, um, uh, you know, Desert Storm, one of the things that they learned was that you don't actually have to produce anything. You can just continue extending projects over and over and over again, and you'll get paid more and more money. And that's exactly what they've done. And, and the F-35 that you mentioned is a great example of that. Um, they, they say, oh, well, we need more money to fix this. So we need more money for this. We need more money for that. And you, you have a plane that doesn't work. Okay. It, it, it's it, at the end of the day, 
this becomes a self-licking ice cream cone. You, you have projects that don't work. You have solutions to problems that aren't real problems. And so they, they are not used to having a peered adversary. You know, we've been fighting for, uh, you know, or we were fighting for 20 years against uh, relatively poor militias. You know, we, we had the Taliban, which was a loose alliance of, of uh, tribal militias in Afghanistan. That's what it was. OK, I was there. I fought those guys. That's what it was. And they're relatively unsophisticated. And, and we're and, and yet they won. They still won. Right. That's a critical point that nobody wants to point out. And I'll say it. You know, I was I was there. I fought well, they, them. OK, Vietnam, it, they, they won. won. Right. Vietnam won. I mean, you Vietnam look at, won. We yeah, haven't won Korea, a war since World War II. Right. Korea, Korea was was fought to a draw. Uh, now, you know, but the point is, is that these people have never solved any problems and they realize that they could just make money off of it. And so part of that corporate bribery, those kickbacks end up going to the politicians themselves on both sides of the aisle. All right, it's on both sides of the aisle. So if anybody thinks that, you know, me calling out the Politburo is, you know, oh, he's, he's you know, playing politics over here again. Well, yeah, I mean, this it is a politics. This is Radio Contra. We're, you know, owes to the, the Contras of Nicaragua fighting against the Sandinistas. So, yeah, it is. Um, but there is a very substantial case that's made for the amount of money that goes into politics. So all you Democrats out there think, you know, uh, uh, Barry Obama, whatever you want to call him, was the great anti-war candidate of 2008 as he built himself, right? And then he ended up killing more people with drones than any other president uh, by a wide margin, by the way, by a yes. wide margin. And so, um, you know, it, and and made jokes about it. Made jokes well, about Hillary. it. Well, Hillary we right. came, we saw, he died. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, can't, I can't do her cackle, but I mean, no. well, thank any, goodness you can't. Yeah, anybody who can sit there and laugh about the assassin, I mean, and Gaddafi, who's a jerk, no doubt about it. I mean, he's he, not a good guy at all, but he was trying to comply. I mean, he has a, a political situation in his own country, he has to keep stable, and then he's trying to comply with Western demands. He's doing all that. And you know, and then we invade his country. And what 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 did we leave behind in Libya? What have we left behind? Forty thousand non-combatants dead, uh, an, an ISIS stronghold. God mm-hmm. knows how many weapons out of Gaddafi's arsenal that ended up on the black market. And, well, and <laughs> he died. Why, why did we? Why did? And I'm not going to say we because I'm not a part of NATO. Um, I, I'm a I, I'm an American. I'm a free thinker and a beer drinker, and and I am a trainer of of great patriots. Um, but why did we go to Libya? Why what? did why did well it was BP specifically? They they were the the benefactors uh, of the chaos, and so it's very important to understand that you know Gaddafi. Uh, people can say what they want. I mean, yeah, I know he he was blamed for the Lockerbie bombing. Um, yeah, he he was he was a backer of the IRA, so that's that was the case that was being made against him. Now, they, you know, anyway, um, but his most recent speech to the UN 
before the the color revolution kicked off the the arab spring before uh democracy gave way to anarchy uh, which it always does the case that he made before the un was challenging the world reserve currency status of the federal reserve and saying that we need to return to a gold standard so what did they do they had to get rid of him right they had to get rid of him so now you take Putin. And Putin says the the uh, outset of Ukraine, the difficulties in Ukraine, the war in Ukraine, their subsequent invasion. Uh, he says that they, they're going to uh, only trade their fuel in rubles and gold and that they were going to repatriate as much gold as possible. And so that's a very significant thing because yeah. I, I saw someone on social media um, who laid out probably the best case that that I've seen, and I I can't find any fault with the logic, that it was because of that that, you know, the the Nord Stream pipelines were blown up because of that fact and because of that fact alone. And that's going to cause, so that the Archduke Ferdinand moment triggered all of these underground secret alliances between different factions of the Habsburgs. And, and that's what plunged us into war overnight. Um, the difference between then and now is at least in, in my estimation is that we have NATO, right? And we have two NATO allies right now who are not getting along very well with one another. And that is Germany and Poland. Poland just called in their World War II uh, reparation debt, which there's some problems with that. There's some legal problems with that. Poland, uh, when it was under communist rule, had absolved that debt to East Germany in 1954. So it's it's going to be very fascinating, but but the, that's not the most fascinating part. The most fascinating part is is that they're they're calling this in, and so now you have two NATO allies that are in a serious point of contention with one another, and and there is a very real possibility that Poland has their new pipeline that is running from uh, Scandinavia into Poland. And if yeah. Germany, th- this is tantamount to extortion, because if Germany says, no, you know, we, we're not paying that. This is a legal challenge. And Poland can say, well, now we're not going to give you any LNG. That becomes a problem, a very real problem. And so now you you have a very real question of whether or not Europe's energy demands can even be met. And you have a... a uh, and uh, populist revolt that's occurring because that, of that. And you yep. still have to remember there's still animosity from World War II between Germany and Poland. Very I mean, much. What the Germans did in Poland was not a very nice thing. It was no. basically their Nanjing moment, you know, uh, right from Nanjing. That's what they did in Poland. That's where they set up all the death camps, you know, Treblinka, Sobibor, all those where they gassed and killed everybody. That's that's what that was going on. Uh, and they, they, you know, Poland, I've been to Poland. There's very little of old Poland left in downtown Warsaw. It's always all bombed out. And, and they understand that, you know, that Germany caused that. So there's there's still a lot of resentment uh, going back uh, because of what happened in World War II. 
Um, and, and, you know, we, we don't think that way because we escaped all the damage of World War II. All it cost us was our, our men and materiel. But uh, they, they, the, the trauma that the Polish suffered at the hands of the Germans was catastrophic, to say the least. Um, yes. and, and so you've got that dynamic in play also. So uh, it, 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 it's, it's a screwed up world. And, you know, if, if, if we don't have level heads, if we don't have JFKs right now that can sit there and understand we need to de-escalate, bring this thing back from the edge, uh, you, you look at Sanibel Island, you look at that, completely devastated, and you realize you put that on a city, 10 cities, and all of a sudden you realize that's what a nuclear weapon would do, but, uh, but then the nuclear weapon leaves remnants behind that kill after it's gone. You know, Santa Barbara, Hurricane Ian's gone. The damage has been done. It's time to fix. But when you have a city that's polluted like Chernobyl, you don't go back there. You don't go back. No, no, you can't. You know, it's it's um, no, I'm hardly an expert on on it, but you you can't just return. uh, I mean, and and you, you. we're not prepared. I don't think the world is prepared to deal with that level of devastation and, no, and the aftermath. No. But, but and, and, and another thing about the pipeline, if we did it, which, you know, I know I have my beliefs on it. I know Joe Biden said he was going to do it. I know Secretary of State said he was going to do it. They said we'd do it if they invaded Ukraine. We said we would do it. OK, that's all I, all I can say. You know, I know if I said that I'm going to go murder my wife. And then three days later, she's dead. But I'm saying I didn't do it. Uh, I, I think the police are going to take a really hard look at me. You know, that, you, could, you, just, could, you could be acquitted and write a book saying that you, you didn't do it. But if you were going to do it, this is how you would do it. Yeah, but yeah. you're going to dedicate your life to finding the killer. Yeah, there you go. Um, and I'm going to. Yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, if they did do it, you know, I, I was listening. I think it was Forbes. That pipeline put out enough. Uh, climate changing gas. Okay, this isn't my statistics. This is what Forbes reported. That that 5.2 million cars would make in 20 years. That's how much yeah. climate changing gas it put out. So I mean, if these people ever croak out of their pie holes again about climate change, I mean, you know, I mean, first of all, we know it's a joke because they all buy houses on the ocean. You know, Barack Obama, they all right there on the ocean. They all have these luxury condominiums and houses on the ocean. Martha's Vineyard. Um, But yeah, 5.2 million cars in 20 years. That's how much greenhouse gas was released when this pipeline was uh, taken out. But we don't even hear about that. You don't even hear about it. Nobody's even mentioning the climate change that this pipeline brought about because they know it's all a sham. It, it, it's it's fraudulent. It, well, the, the climate change agenda is fraudulent too. I mean, it, you know. That's what I mean. Yes, they, 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 the whole thing is is just. But uh, getting back to the situation at hand, though, um, most most likely, at least in my estimation, the most likely course of action that the Russians are going to take is not using a super weapon. Not using a a nuclear weapon, not using EMP or, or uh, any of these things, because they know that the the destruction is going to be catastrophic, uh, both to to us and to them. And and you know, I, 
they may be an adversarial nation, but you got to understand something that they do not want. I don't think that there's any world power that wants uh, whole nations of people gone, eliminated. Maybe, maybe Pakistan and India. That that might be the you know the the one exception to that. Uh, but they they don't want that. They they don't want that. What they want is the United States to no longer be the world hegemonic power, the overarching hegemonic power. And the way that you do that, you got to understand that that uh, you know I know that you understand this, but the 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 same people that are policymakers in D.C. that generation, their counterparts are also the policymakers in the Kremlin. And in Beijing. So they lived through some very turbulent times as well, and, and some more turbulent than what we experienced in the United States. Uh, with, with the Kremlin, they experienced the upheavals of the Russian nationalist revolution, which was their color revolution that occurred in 1992 uh, that, that was led by Boris Yeltsin. They, they lived through that. They experienced that. And, you know, and so the, the claims that I make or I see people make rather to be specific about how oh, the, the Russians are communist or whatever. No, they're working with communists. Yes, we're working with communists too. I mean, we, you know, there's a very strong case to be made that the United States government is a communist entity. Um, it, it's very, very strong case that can be made. So, I, yeah, uh, uh, and that's not in praise of the Russians. Okay. Cause the, the Russians want to take down the United States. That's their goal. They, they want us um, to be put in our place. And that, that is their goal. They, they had a point in time where they were trying to work with us. We smacked the hand away and that was that, um, you know, and, and, and we've continued to treat them as an adversary. And so now that that's what you're going to get. Uh, so th- because at the end of the day, their competition, their competition in oil, their competition to the military industrial complex, their competition on the world stage. And, and you can't have that, right? So what I what I think is going to happen in in my estimation is that they are going to unveil nuclear weapons. They're not going to use them, but they are going to unveil them. I think that Cuba would be a prime target. I think that Cuba would be a prime candidate for rolling these weapons out in the Western Hemisphere, parking them in a friendly government, knowing that the hegemony of the region is fully behind these actions. And they're going to look at the United States and say, what are you going to do about it? And what are they going to yeah. do about it? What would the United what? States government do about it? Uh, I'll tell you, Joe Biden is no John F. Kennedy. And no. none, and I will tell you that they, they, that Lloyd Austin and Mark Milley are a far cry from being the man that General LeMay was. You, you, you don't, they're not American patriots. Okay, it, no. and you know, and like so my concern that they don't have the backbone, they don't have the spine. No. My, my concern, Matt, is you know, the whole one of the whole purposes of the SALT one and two treaties, if you remember what those are, strategic arms limitation treaties, was to make our strategic posture less ready. Okay, if it's less ready, it takes longer to get a nuclear missile in the air uh, to, to do its damage. So if you if you take you know the, the if you take you know uh, B-52s that are carrying new, nuclear weapons, you take those out of the air, which th- at one time there were B-52s flying around with nuclear missiles all the time. You take those out of the air. The missiles, the bombs are not on the plane. 
you, 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 you lower the status of the readiness of our ICBMs and so forth. You make the chain of command to release SLBMs harder. All those steps, they, they give pause for sanity to come in. Now, when you start forwardly deploying nuclear weapons, which we've seen happen on air bases now, they forwarded deployed nuclear bombers, supersonic bombers, forward deployed. We don't know if their nuclear weapons are on them, but I, you'd have to presume that there are. Um, you, you have to you, you see that they possibly have um, deployed this Belgrad submarine with these uh, tsunami type nuclear weapons, 100 megaton weapons on it that could. I've watched the, 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 the I've, I've watched and listened to the uh, the data report that if one of those went off at the continental shelf, it could create a tsunami hundreds of feet tall. When you floor deploy these weapons, the chances of a miscalculation go up exponentially. That's my concern because sooner or later level heads do not prevail. And even though I don't think you know any sane person would want the release of nuclear weapons, what I do realize is you can have moments of insanity which the world has been brought to almost several times where you could have an event of absolute catastrophic destruction. Um, that's my concern when you start doing this and we start playing around with it. And going back to my initial conversation, the cavalier approach that we have talking about nuclear weapons today versus in 1962, it just seems like, well, you know, nuclear weapons, they're, 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 it, it, we're talking about them being used on the battlefield. We know that the Russians are threatening to use them on the battlefield, even though they probably won't. But what you know, we should be trying to de-escalate that situation because there's always the chance that when a nuclear weapon is forward deployed, you lose chain of command of it and it goes off. And on top of that, the 5,000 nuclear weapons that were in Ukraine when the when the Cold War ended, uh, th there's been no official a chain of custody for all 5,000 of those. There were 3,000. Uh, tactical nuclear weapons in Ukraine and 2,000 strategic nuclear weapons in Ukraine. We did account for all the ICBMs. They were all accounted for that we knew of. But where was the chain of command for all those 5,000 nuclear weapons? Did any of them end up on the black market? Uh, I would say yes. Who got some? Did we get some? Did the Chinese get some? We don't know. But all it would take is a third player that wanted to see the situation go up could detonate a nuclear weapon, one of those that would have a Russian signature to it because the uranium or plutonium was made in Russia. And, uh, you know, Putin, I don't care how much he denied it, he would be blamed for it forever. Um, so that's my concern when 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 Putin is forwardly deploying this this uh, th these types of weapons, the chance for miscalculation goes up exponentially in my book. And, and I agree with you. I don't think anybody wants a nuclear war, but I, I don't think anybody in 62 wanted a nuclear war. But as you pointed out, we had Men on both sides of the thing, the, the Russians didn't want it either, and they they negotiated out of it. Today, I just watched these people in charge, and I'm thinking, what? You know what you're talking about? You're talking about ending civilization, and it's just like you're cavalier about it. Oh, if he uses nuclear weapons, we'll just blow up his whole Black Sea fleet. You don't think that would escalate it? I mean, so so he uses a nuclear weapon, and then he knows his Black Sea fleet is gone. So what's he going to do? He's going to use everything on that fleet before it goes. I mean, it, it's just the rhetoric is is out of control. And, you know, it's just two guys. I'm going to punch you. Oh, if you punch me, I'll punch you. And sooner or later, one of them does take the swing. And it's dangerous. This is dangerous. I mean, do you like your McDonald's? Do you like your electricity and air conditioning? Do you like going down to the mall and using your cell phone? This all ends. And this is this is the level of destruction they're talking about in a very cavalier manner. Um, 
I, I, I just pray to God, level heads prevail in this, because when they start forwardly deploying these weapons, it, it, the chance of miscalculation goes up. And I'm not saying it will. It's just Katie bar the door. Watch out. And gosh, give us some people with sane minds. Yeah. Yeah, it's I think you're exactly right. You know, in the recognition that that one miscalculation, I mean, the more the more variables you put into a scenario, uh, the more the likelihood, well, the the higher the likelihood that it turns out United States right now, Matt, Uh, let's play Russia, United States. Okay, I'm going to be the United States. You're going to be Russia. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, Matt, if you use a nuclear weapon, I'm going to blow up your Black Sea fleet. Well, right. Okay, well, then I'm going to make sure my Black Sea fleet gets launches everything before it's used. And then right. what's going to happen? Once they launch that, then what What do we, what do we have to respond to it? Right. Uh, well, it's, 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 this is demonic, demonic insanity. That's well, all it, I can describe it as. Is. It it absolutely is, and especially especially when you consider that it what it all boils down to is countries asking to be fair trading partners. I mean, at the end of the day, that, that's exactly what it was. It, you know, it, you you run in a, a you, you just went to Jefferson, right? You 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 run an incredibly successful business, and if I came in and told you, hey, I'm not just going to be your competitor. I'm going to put you out of business and I'm going to be pretty, pretty nasty about it. And, you know, these are the measures that I'm going to take and I'm going to ensure. And then I show up and I blow up your warehouse. You know, you're, you're not really leaving too many other options at that point. And I've got to go down to your warehouse and blow your warehouse up before you can blow my warehouse up. I mean, Jefferson, this is why he warned against foreign entanglements. You, you read Jefferson. He was brilliant on the matter. You know, trade with all, alliance with none. You remember him saying that? We want, we want to have trade with all nations. I don't care if you're the meanest, baddest, head-cutting-off ISIS guy in the world. If you're making widgets and I'm buying them and, and I'm buying your stuff, you know, I'm supporting your family and you're supporting my family. That's, that's what it, not, not that I do business with those people, but that's what I'm saying. Right. That if if trade is going on, I'm supporting your family. My my right. my dollars of when I'm buying your widgets is putting food on your table, and you when, when you're buying my widgets, uh, it's putting food on my family's table. That brings stability and peace. That's right. what it brings. When you, when when you make all these alliances, and then you start having to have these geopolitical decisions, like well, we can't you sell them oil because we have our own oil. And we got to make sure they can't do theirs. It's like you said, they're going to blow up my factory. That's where wars come from. And that's what Jefferson warned us so strongly about, not to do this. And this is exactly what we've done. And we see the exact results time in and time out again. People don't know this, but in 1953, uh, the CIA, along with uh, the British Petroleum Company, overthrew the legitimate government of Iran. Go back and look, read your history. You understand that. That's what we did because we wanted to nationalize Iranian oil. We didn't want those ragheads, excuse me, the pejorative. I don't mean it that way, but that's how they looked at it, to have their own money. We want the money. And so they went in there and they overthrew them. The Shah of Iran is who we put in place. We all know the history of that. And now look what we have in Iran. Well, we once had a fair trading partner uh, of of an, an incredibly rich, diverse, historically just incredibly historic 
treasure in Iran. I mean, do you know that the, the sarcophagus of the prophet Daniel is in Iran? You know, the grapes, the Shiraz grape comes out of Iran. There's a city in Shiraz, Iran called Shiraz. I mean, the, the number yeah. zero came out of, uh, 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 you know, that the Persian mathematics. The reason the wise men came and saw Christ was because the prophet Daniel predicted it. And, and that's why they knew what was all going to come so much. But, you know, because we had to play funky and, and play, we want the money. We can't let those people have their own oil. All that we see has happened has happened. All of it. And many right. got rich. Many uppers got rich. A lot of my my sons and your sons went and died for it. That They, they died. Uh, so other people could become rich. And and I'm telling you, this this is what's going on here. That's what went on in I, uh, I, uh, Libya. It's what went on, you know, in, in Afghanistan with the with the uh, the lithium and the poppy fields and all that. Um, and it, it's time to, to call these people into accountability and to say no more. We're not doing this. We're not going to destroy the world so you can get rich. We're not going to send any more of our sons and daughters off and die or get maimed, get their legs and arms blown off, blinded, faces disfigured, burned, whatever, um, so you can get rich. It's time for the American people to hold in accountability this, because it, 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 we we cannot afford a slip. You know, with Archduke Ferdinand, uh, granted, I mean, the the, the uh, cannon technology at that time was new on the battlefield, and I think it was a million, how many millions of shells were launched back and forth between the Allied and Axis powers? And just untold, they weren't, they, they, they had no idea the, tra the, the trauma that type of, that, that technological revolution had made between the last war and, and the great war. And, and, the, and the body count was horrific. The damage to people was horrific. You take that and juxtapose it to today. We've seen what happens in, in that kind of war, conventional war, it can be nasty. But we have no idea it'll be another thing when, when, when you know, weapons of mass destruction are introduced. We have no idea of where this is going to go and, um, you know, what it can do. Um, I, I don't I, I, I just want to say this, Matt, you, you know, I run the business, but I, I would tell people today. I mean, I would put it at DEF CON 2 myself. That's where I would put it. I just think that that's where I think we're at. But, um, you know. We see internal internally just switching for a second our food supply being destroyed. They want to get rid of meat. We see the uh, you know the food processing facilities burned down. Fertilizer, um, nitrogen and ammonia being just we can't have that anymore. We what's what's happening in Holland where they're shutting down the farming industry. We see it in Sri Lanka where they're starting. I mean, if if, the, if they didn't have people coming in and feeding them right now, they went green and they they're dying because yeah, no, nothing can grow. So we see these internal thing. We see the internal civil war developing in our country. I mean, just dozens of things. I watch what's happening, and and I just tell people right now, um, you know, I, I, if we've made a point tonight, um, it, this world is in a precarious situation. You will have to eat no matter what. You will have to drink water no matter what. You'll want to communicate with your friends no matter what. That's why, Matt, uh, you know, uh, your RTO course, outstanding, second to none. I, I don't know anybody else who teaches anything like that. Uh, how, how to use communication, you know, in a situation where it doesn't work. I mean, you look at Sanibel Island right now, ham radio, I mean, and that and, and communication methods outside your cell phone. No cell phone towers are left. They're all blown down. Uh, all your landlines are I mean, cut. 
you know, you're you're isolated. Your family members don't know if you're alive or dead. You know, one ham radio operator on Sanibel Island with some batteries could really put a lot of minds at ease right now. But just by saying, hey, the Jones family down the street from us, you know, Michael and Sandy, they're OK. And that information passes out. You know, the, the, the Smith family, you know, they're OK. They made it there. We, we need some stuff over here. You know, one ham radio operator does that. Right. Um, and, and and so. You know, I don't know how much longer we have. I, I think it's short, but I just, I would just tell people, you know, to get ready. I mean, I hear people all the time. I, well, I live in a neighborhood. I don't need night vision. Yeah. Tell that to the people <laughs> in Annabelle Island, you know, and, and the stupidity yeah. thing. You've got a transformer down the street, buddy. I mean, yeah, you, you have not. Yeah. Well, yeah. You or, know, and, and the, the thing is, is that no, no corner of the United States is immune to natural disaster or, you know, whether that's, whether it's natural disaster is human made calamities for, for a number of reasons, riots and what have you. Um, there's no corner of the United States that's immune to any of this. I mean, none, none. There's not a place that doesn't have, you know, I, I was just out in Utah, you know, and they, they were, um, you know, great class, great group of guys out there. And, you know, they, they were talking about hurricanes. They were saying, you know, man, you know, you, you guys have your hurricanes and stuff. I'm like, yeah, we, we do. But you you guys have wildfires out here, which are worse. I, I mean, hurricanes are bad. They, they're, they're mutually exclusive. Right. But but you have wildfires. We have we have hurricanes. Right. You know, California has wildfires, earthquakes. Um, that, that, that constant specter that they're living with, you know, Texas has wildfires. I mean, the, the last time I was in Texas, they had a pretty big wildfire out there. Uh, they got kind of close to where we were for class. And we had some bad ones here. Yeah. 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 I mean, Smoky Mountain got on fire a few years ago and it burned up a lot yeah. of property. properties. Yeah. It, it, I mean, there was a Nashville flood, um, uh, you know, that, that was, a literally a, a century flood. Um, the, the, you know, Kentucky, I mean, Kentucky is just, just keeps getting hit. Uh, it's, it's like the, the hits keep coming for them, unfortunately. And you remember the, the bridge going from uh, Tennessee across the Mississippi. You remember that just a few years ago, yeah. it had a major damage done to it just through, just through neglect. And that last that, year, yeah, that last bridge could have come down. And I mean, it was a major, uh, traffic jam while they, that bridge was being repaired or they could open it back up. That bridge comes down if that bridge right. were to come down um, and our enemies know how to bring it down. Uh, we have there 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 are and it, ain't, and it isn't white white supremacist um, doing it. There's elements that have come across the border south of the border that know how to bring that stuff down. Um, right. I remember, you know, you, you said, you know, that when we see these things do not dig. We realize we do not dig there. They realize that's where I want to dig. Um, right. You know, yeah, that's what I'm going to dig and disrupt. Uh, but well, and know, here's the thing is that the Russians, though, they, they've dumped a, a huge amount of effort. They, they never quit with the um, with the intelligence operative program, uh, the programs that the KGB ran. They never quit with any of that in Cuba, in Nicaragua. Uh, they, they never stopped with these programs. And now, you know, we, we know for a fact that they're running these operations in Venezuela. And a big part of uh, clandestine operations is sabotage. And so, yeah. you know, just today, I, I saw footage today of uh, guys that were coming across the border in camo, 
right? Some of it was commercial, some of it was military, but they were armed. These these guys were armed. Okay, they, you know, there was uh, plausible deniability in the past. Oh, you know, they're just they're just peaceful folks looking for a you know a new life, and we all know that's crap, right? But these guys are armed. They're armed. There there is so you've got you know guys that are in camo who are armed who are coming across the border. You call that an invasion. And so even if let's say even if Less than one percent of the people coming across the border have formal training in sabotage, destabilization efforts. It doesn't take much to train people in this. All right, understanding Carver, uh, Carver matrix for targeting, understanding you know just the basic cause and effect, right? And and here here's here's the targets you're gonna go after, right? And when when you know you you factor all that in. And now you begin to look at the sabotage that's, that's been happening here in the United States, because it absolutely has. Um, you know, th- there's no way that you have that many food processing plants and fertilizer plants and things that are part of our critical infrastructure, right? Oil refineries. You don't have that many massive accidents in a short amount of time. It's just not possible, right? And so when we put all this together, it begins to paint a very disturbing picture. And so if, if, and th- this is, there's a lot of evidence to back this up, that the people who are coming from Venezuela, who are coming from Cuba, who are coming from Nicaragua, from El Salvador, right? And they are coming up to the border, right? Because we know that they are. And if they have received any sort of formal training whatsoever, and again, there's a lot of evidence that they have been. These are hostile governments. 85, they're, they're 85 people on the terror watch list have been caught at the border trying to come across. If 85 have been caught at the border and we know it's like a sieve, how many have gotten through? 85 have known terrorists have been caught at the border. 85. Right. What do 85 trained terror combatants do in this country? Right. And and when you, you take all that into account and you put all these things together, it it's painting a very disturbing picture, but it's one that people really need to get prepared for. So when they say, you know, oh well, natural disasters or whatever, man-made disasters, look, there is not a corner of the United States right now that is immune to the effects of of what's going on. Not a not one single corner of the United States. There is no quote unquote safe refuge where you're going to go. Okay, you you need to be making that. Um, effort to get to know your neighbors, but to get best prepared, right? And and you know, Bob, you you have an outstanding company that is able to provide the material to people in in order to do that. Well, you know, one of the things if I'm going to do, if if anybody listening tonight wants to buy a night vision device, and again, look at Sanibel Island, power goes off, you know, and you know there's looters around, um, you know. Um, I'm giving away a free uh, light interference filter. These are generally cost you about right under $200. Uh, and that protects your night vision from infrared aiming lasers that, that can damage it. And it does, it will damage your laser pretty quickly. I mean, your, your night vision pretty quickly to burn black lines on it. Um, I'm getting anybody who mentions, you know, you heard it here with you and I, Matt. Um, I'm going to give away a free one of those for any night vision purchase. Uh, again, you know, I remember about a year ago, you turned me on to peak refuel. 
uh, the food supply. Matt, oh, you, yeah. can't, you can't yeah, believe how much that's I mean, you know, they are continually in shortage. Being, I mean, they, we sell this stuff like crazy. And I mean, I've tasted it. Uh, you know, my, my old favorite used to be the Mountain House brand. But I mean, I, I look at it, I get twice the meat, half the salt, and, and much, you know, higher calorie count. And I think they're like a dollar or two more per serving per pouch. But the pouches have more in it, another ounce of food in it. But the, it's the meat worth it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's worth it. it, it you're going to I mean, everybody that I've introduced to peak refuel has has instantly said, man, that that's really good. Um, that's good. stuff. I have no affiliation with the company, by the way, other than I found them. Uh, I was looking for something better than Mountain House because Mountain House's quality has went down. And they're not, they're not, they don't even have any dealer sales anymore. They haven't had any dealer sales for a year. I mean, they, they basically have shut down. I know that a lot of it's going to fill government contracts. I was told that directly from them. Um, they've stepped up their, their contract delivery dates. That's what I was told. So you can take from that every, whatever you want. You guys that, that trained in Intel, take it for whatever you want to take it as. But, um, yeah, the peak refuel, wow. Um, it's really nice to have, they even have a bucket, you know, their, their breakfast bucket, uh, you know, it's not only a breakfast bucket, it's their bucket has like 10,000 calories in it. Uh, we have those uh, right now for 20 bucks off, they're $139 and that's shipping included. I mean, I don't know where you can get that for that for 139 bucks, but, um, it's on sale. Uh, you know, and I, and I don't want to make this a sales thing. I don't, but, uh, I, I just know that the thermal and the, and the night vision are just second to none. Uh, what we carry, it's all military grade. And I mean, you, you, you have it, you look through it once. Any of you guys ever come to the class, look through it and they go, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I mean, we had that last shooter class here. Uh, we, we took them out at night and was letting them shoot. People had never seen through night vision before and they were popping steel 50 yards away every time. It's like, wow, yeah. I love this. Um, so, but, but that said, you know, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, talk with me, um, you know, it's readymaderesources.com. And then my number is 800-627-3809. But, you know, that that's secondary. My, my passion right now, Matt, is um, is that I, you know, we'll put it this way. You know, as you prepare, as I prepare, we make our communities more prepared because I'll be one less person down at the line that needs food. You know, you, you're going to see this right now in Santa Barbara and these other places that were devastated. There are people that are going to get in line. Well, if I, if I have facilities in my own thing, you know, my own that I've stored, you know, I don't have to be in that line taken from people who will need it. So this is it, it to me, a, a prepared populace is the best national security program this nation could have. We used to do this during the 50s and 60s and 70s. They used to have a civil defense program. I had a friend who was involved in it. All those yellow radiation meters. You used to, the government used to give you uh, stuff that you could put in a bomb shelter, you know, a little bin. There's just like these hard cardboard bins with metal tops on them, and toilet paper and some food and packs of water. And I mean, all it was just in there. And they gave you instructions even how to build a bomb shelter. I mean, the, the, our government used to do that. Not anymore. Um, they build their bomb shelters, but we don't get any. Um, but I, I just say, you know, Matt, we've just touched one element right now tonight of possible catastrophe. There, there are many other elements that are out there that could be that could bring life changing um, uh, conditions to everybody in the United States. An EMP, a CME, you know, a, ter a terror attack, like you said, on our infrastructure. 
uh, a war, uh, you know, uh, you know, just Taiwan. Uh, we, we take it for granted. But how many how many of our chips do we get out of Taiwan? Almost all of them. Right. I mean, that's, Taiwan went down. The Chinese didn't sell us those chips or well, that factory was destroyed. I mean, I know we're trying to recon- uh, fix that now. I, I think they just allocated a bunch of money to build more chips in the United States, which probably half of it goes to graft anyhow. But I mean, we don't realize how tenuous and, 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 and you know, conditional our society is. Uh, so chance will, pay, will, will favor the prepared, the prepared mind and the prepared body. Um, it's just, I, I think we're at that place in history. I think we, I think we tonight have, have demonstrated that with the, the situation we're looking at right now, it has historical precedent behind it. Um, and, and it didn't end well uh, for the world. It didn't end well. Um, right. And that, that's, that's my thing. I, I mean, if you, if, what do they say? If we don't learn lessons of history, what happens, Matt? Doomed to repeat it. Yeah. Doomed to so, repeat. You know, right on my desk right here, I also, I mean, I, I just internally, I have, um, I forget when was this for written, but it was the 45 tenets of Soviet communism in the United States. I mean, I, I look at them, you know, do away with all loyalty oaths, uh, continue giving Russia access to U.S. Patent Office, uh, yada, 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 capture one or two of both political parties in the United States. Well, they definitely got one. Uh, get control of the schools, uh, you know, gain control of politicians, radio, TV, motion pictures. This, this was done in the 50s. You know, and I look at my government today and I think, wow, every one of these things, you can download it. You can just go and download it. It's 45 tenets of com- Soviet communism in the United States. They're there. Uh, internationalize the Panama Canal. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's all been done. It's all been done. It has been. And, and you know, we're, we're on that path now. And I don't think there's any getting off it, uh, at least for the time being. Brother, we have successfully i just looked at the clock we have successfully down an hour and it's like we just got cranked up man but with that said uh man it it is always great to have you on the show i love being here matt thank you for having me i really do it i really do love it and i I, you know i just as a christian person i pray for peace i I pray that god would give level heads that we don't go down this path. And, and I would make a plea to my fellow countrymen in power, don't do this thing. Back away from the edge. We don't need this. You know, we don't need it. Back away from the edge. Don't be, in, don't, gosh, your greed is not worth the ending civilization for it. Um, and, and so just, I, I pray for peace, Matt. I, I, I want to see the Prince of Peace ruling men and women's hearts. Um, you know, and, and again, I pray for my nation that God would grant us the peace we don't deserve. But, um, you know, that, that's my thing. But I, I just look at history and I just say, it, 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 you know, uh, what does it say in Isaiah? Gross darkness is on the land and gross darkness to people. Um, that's what I see coming across today. I mean, we don't even, we can't even tell what a man or woman is anymore in this country. I mean, the most basic, the most basic elements of biology we don't even we, we make a proclamation. We can't tell. You know, I was just thinking, you know, there's the Crimes Against Women Act. Well, what is if a guy beats a woman up and just says I'm a woman and you can't charge him with a crime anymore? I mean, we, we literally have gone demonically insane in this nation. And, and so um, I, I see one path and that's going to be a hard path ahead. I think God will protect his people. Um, I, I would be praying Psalm 91 regularly. You know, if I abide it, oh, it's a conditional prayer. I want all the goodies that's listed in there, but I have to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
If I do that, that means I have to take action in my life to put myself under the shadow of the Almighty, his protective power. And then all those goodies come to me, you know, protection and all that. Um, you know, so I, I would just say to my fellow countrymen, even fellow politicians on both sides, you know, if you have ears to hear, hear. Um, I, I, you know, if it, it, I don't care if you who what you are, if you have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit of God says. And uh, I, I would say, you know, turn from your ways and turn back to the Lord God Almighty, and He'll give us peace. But um, if if we don't, uh, I, I I know enough of history, Matt, to know where this goes, and I know the the Harvard, Princeton, and Yale graduates know where it's going, also. Yeah, hundred percent. They I think that they think they're going to profiteer off of it, and um, unfortunately, they 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 all see it as business opportunity, and you know it. it uh, it's not real till it's real, but that's why we do what we do, brother. God bless. Thank you for being on with us. Thank you. And I, Matt, thank you for having me here. I, I, I pray God blesses your family. Anyhow, God bless everybody out there. Keep on preparing. Definitely keep on preparing and, you know, don't lose sight of, of the long game here, right? Don't lose sight of the long game. You know, they're throwing everything at us right now, and it is going to get worse, so you got to get better prepared. Anyhow, with that said, folks, keep your head on a swivel. Continue on the path, and I will be talking to you again very, very soon. This is NC Scout, out.